Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Well, it's great to be back with you folks. It's hard to believe we're on 186 podcasts and uh, we're moving along. We're in the book of Psalms. We're on chapter nine. We're in songs in the night, songs in darkness. That's a particularly special phrase for us because uh, Stephanie and I have written some songs. You hear our songs probably every day this week. Uh, and uh, as you can imagine, it would uh, these songs really mean a lot to us, but nothing compared to what God's inspired word, these songs from the psalmist and others that are just reaching out to us and helping us live our lives and helping us do the things the way we do that. Um, it's just incredible. Anyway, Stephanie, with all this in mind and everything going on, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty well, Doug. We were just laughing pretty hard, so if you hear a little bit of laughter we left over in her voice, I forgot I was praying. I started talking again, and, and uh, uh, anyway, and I suggested that there be a blooper session at some point because that would be really funny. We do need bloopers, and I suggested somehow we got to do more of these uh, when Debbie and I are with her or something. We should film a few of these and put them out on YouTube, Rumble, or something. Uh, parlor. I don't know the different sites that are out there now, but anyway, we just get funny. So God's been good to us and uh, God's been good to you. And we're moving up on that. Uh, I think by the time this airs though, Stephanie, I think it'll be past October 30th, but we're moving closely uh, to October 30th, which is the day that uh, Charles went to his eternal glory. And uh, Stephanie started her battle with PTSD and and the way God has recovered her. I'm so thankful for that. And yesterday we started, you remember who we talked about yesterday? We talked to, and I'm asking them, Stephanie, I know you remember, uh, but remember we were going to talk about one of Stephanie's kids every single day. And uh, yesterday we talked about old Emmeline Hope Wesco, the youngest, she's four years old. And now we're going right into Caleb Edward Wesco. Now Caleb's nickname is Keptile. So with that, tell us about Caleb, Stephanie. Tell us about Caleb and his ways. Okay, so um, as you could probably tell from what Doug said, um, as far as his nickname, Caleb loves reptiles. He loves amphibians. He loves things that are slimy and disturbing like crawdads. He's got an incredible knack for catching fish by with his hands. There's a little bear going on in there somewhere. Yeah. And... Um, he, I got home and this morning he's telling me how many, you know, the crawdads he caught in the creek. And, um, he's just, he's that kind of a kid. And so, you yeah. know, we're into lizards. We do lizards. We do turtles. We do, um, things that prior to Caleb, I would have, you know, not screamed, but been greatly, um, opposed to. They're just now part of our normal. Yeah. And um, when Caleb comes inside, you do not ask him where he has been. You just say, go wash your hands and your feet because you kind of just know where he's been. The stinkiest um, so... feet I've ever smelled belong to <laughs> Caleb Edward Wesco. I just want to share that with you. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, to him, if it's a green, slimy pond, it is meant to step in. And yeah. there is just, you know, he doesn't understand why that would be a problem with anyone. So, um, but Caleb's an awesome kid. He's awesome. a total outdoors. I, I say he's a cross between Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Absolutely. And, um, but he is the sweetest, tender-hearted little boy I could ever have. And um, loves to give me hugs and still wants to be rocked sometimes at night. And um, he reminds me the older he gets. I see personality traits of his dad in him in different ways. And um, he's awesome in school. He is as smart as a whip and doesn't miss a thing. And um, that kid can do sight words better than any other 60-year-old I know. And um, can spell like no other 6-year-old I know. And um, he's he's awesome. So very fun-loving, face-making goofy goofy expression little kid ever he is he, he is the greatest kid i i love talking to caleb caleb knows how to turn on the sugar and the good stuff and he'll come over to you and you know somebody will come over and say uncle doug can i have some ice cream ice cream I, I'm, ice cream doug uncle doug. and caleb will come over and say uncle doug can i have just a little teeny bit of ice cream <laughs> <laughs> just a little teeny bit for my palate just i've been working so hard yeah, Caleb is the greatest kid. He's uh, uh, like all Stephanie's kids. Uh, he's a little spoiled uh, because everybody just loves Caleb. Everybody just loves Emmy. And, uh, you know, so Grandpa spoils him. Uh, mommy spoils Everybody spoils him. His aunts and uncles. And, and, uh, and he deserves it. So Caleb is six years old. So he's in first grade right now, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Caleb's doing a bang job. And, for, and he's smart. Stephanie's kids are mm -hmm. all very intelligent. They really are. And I think Caleb, now I, now I want to, I want to say this uh, because I never met Charles. And so the, uh, you know, things I know about Charles, they've been shared with me by Stephanie or, or Stephanie's dad. Um, but I think that Caleb, just looking at pictures, I think that Caleb looks the most like Charles. Uh, I mean, sometimes yeah, I turn around and I look at him like and him. I see Charles younger pictures that you put in your book and stuff. And I uh -huh. say, I say, wait a minute, man. <laughs> he looks just, does that ever freak you out? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, there's times when all of my kids do things. Um, sometimes they make me smile cause I'm like, Oh, that's, that's definitely their dad. Or they do things that I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. That one's not carrying through. We're working on that one. And you know, genes are strong. Yeah. So they are. Um they are. But yeah, Caleb is awesome. He's I'm so yeah. thankful. He's a miracle baby. You know, he was one of my my last two were extra special miracle babies and so Yeah. Um I'm very thankful for him. Good-looking strong kid. I think you know, I think he could beat up kids twice his age. I mean, that kid, he's stringy. He's solid. Anyway, we caught you he's up an enough. Ninja. I mean, he climbs Oh. He climbs doorways like a monkey. And does pull-ups just off the little wood uh -huh. handles there on his little fingers. And I just, yeah. anyway, so you got the gist of Caleb. Caleb is that guy. He is, uh, he's, he's, he's already an army ranger in training if he wants to be. Yep. He could be in the yep. special forces. He could, 
He's the type of kid that will jump out of planes and all that. Yeah. At the same time, he's sensitive and loves his mommy and, and uh, still likes to be held and likes to ca ca cash in on that once in a while, especially if he sees yeah. Emmy on my lap when Debbie and I are visiting. He'll move right in on mommy's lap and, and yeah. get, just get right in there. So <laughs> Caleb's pretty great. I certainly have nothing but good to say about Caleb Edward Wesco. And he's got a turtle at home. And that turtle he's got at home is it, it has to have, I guess didn't didn't Charles and Caleb find that turtle a couple years ago, you know, or a year or so. Yeah, before. Caleb. Yeah, Caleb found it. Um, we were we were at a little campground um, that some Christians provide for people that are in ministry, and we were there with my family for a couple days, and there was a pond, and Caleb found this baby turtle that wasn't much. He wasn't even the size of a 50 cent piece. I and mean, this turtle was tiny. And Caleb was like, can we take it home? And we only had a few months left in the States. And I'm thinking this thing won't last a week. Well, that turtle, who he named Camo, yeah. is now a big turtle who is part pig. He is. He, and, ate, he ate the small um, turtle. Yeah. Yeah, he's he did. One. We had a we had a little turtle. We had found Tiny another baby Tim. turtle. Yeah. And Tiny Tim, yeah, Camo is he he's he's got some issues. There's been no repentance there, as far no. as I can tell, no. for his for his baby eating weight. He would know? eat Caleb like, if he thought he could. Yeah. Oh my goodness! But he's he's fun and he knows us, so you know he comes up to the side and you talk to him and and he gets all excited and. But you sadly, know, I got to tell you something weird. about Camo. Camo's at a point where, she, uh, you know, Stephanie's either going to need to get a bigger tank, or something's coming out with that turtle because it's like he's, it's like you know the incredible. Uh, remember the shrinking guy that could also blow up people on Disney movies or something. Uh, I yeah. don't know. Uh, I think somebody. Yeah. I think in the last year that turtle has grown way too much. He went from being, oh my goodness, he went huge. from being the size of a baseball. He went right past softball, and he's just cru That's a big turtle right now. I'm telling yep. you. Yep. Well, <laughs> and that's so we we caught you up on two of the kids. We'll get uh, uh, we'll get Sammy uh, Samuel here uh, at tomorrow or Monday. I will praise thee. Here we are in Psalm number nine, uh, songs of the night, songs in darkness. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou settest in the throne judge and right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked and thou hast put out their name for ever and ever. And thou, enemy, destructions are come to perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord should endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of troubles. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord, 
which dwelleth in Zion, declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisitions for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou hast lifted me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in a pit that they made in the net, which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Hagayan Selah. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forgot God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. That the nations, Stephanie, may know themselves to be but men. What a reminder at the end of that psalm. So as we read Psalm 9, what are you taking from this, Stephanie? This is a very, honestly, this psalm strikes me as very serious. Yeah. And um, it reminds me of how serious God takes sin. It reminds me of how serious the consequences are of taking life. Yeah. And the importance of begging God for his mercy. Yeah, that's... Um. Because, you know, if God, if God judges in righteous judgment where our country is, we will be annihilated. Yes. And um, that makes me tremble. And it fills me with a holy dread of God and who he is. And I think that's um, the point of this psalm. Is David's, that God is using David here to say, look, I'm God. And I take sin seriously. I take someone who loves doing wickedly seriously. Yeah. And something that that David says here um, that gives hope is verse 9 and 10. Well, verse 8, he talks about judging the world in righteousness. But verse 9 and 10 David says, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. When we are seeking God, when we are walking humbly before him, he has promised he will not forsake us. He's our champion. It's, it's a, He's fighting for he, it. Yes, he gives that fact that there yeah. is no... <laughs> We don't have to worry. God is there to be with us. He's on our side. And um, yeah. verse 12 ends with the cry that better be going up from every heart of anyone who knows God and loves him right now. David says, he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Yeah. And, you know, I think when we cry out, where it's not just words, it's not just, God, would you please, you know, help this election, or God, would you just, 
No, it is a cry. It is a it is a verbal wow. calling out to God and saying, God, without you we are nothing. God, without you we are lost. It's more than an attitude. And it's more. It's yes. It's complete surrender with David right here. Yes. It's, well, and I think there's a sense that we have so negotiated and so done away with crying out because, oh, we don't want to look like, you know, we're over the top emotional or we don't, you know, we serve a God who had emotions. Jesus was willing to weep. Jesus got angry over sin. Jesus stood up. Why aren't we willing to do that? Exactly. Why aren't we willing to make a difference? And the cry of the humble is a cry that I believe makes a difference. And, you know, when I read these verses of God knows who put, knows them, he knows those who put their trust in him. And he, he, he doesn't forget the cry of the humble. And, you know, when I think of November 3rd, it causes me to tremble for my country and it causes me to cry out. And, when I look at that verse 12, yeah, 12 to my, 15. my enemy, yeah. my enemy says to me, God's not listening to your cry and it's not going to make any difference on November 3rd. Mm. But then I read this verse where God says that he doesn't forget the cry of the humble. No. And it causes me to cry out more because if I really believe that God is true and that he doesn't forget the cry of the humble, then I am going to cry out to him and cry out again and cry out again and cry out again because he says he doesn't forget those cries. And, you know, let's, let's take, let's take God at his word. And let's beg him for his mercy. David says in verse 13, have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me, that I may show forth thy praise. And that God would be glorified. And verse 15 is powerful. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, and the net which they hid, in which they hid is their own foot taken. You know, I see... I see so many people who have done things that they've tried to hide that God keeps opening up bags and letting those things be revealed. More and more. And let's keep taking God at his word and say, God, you say the heathen are sunk into the pit that they made in the net, which they hid is their own foot taking. God, do this. Lord, this is what your word says. Let's take God at his word. And as we cry humbly before him, let's take him at his word. When you're praying, take God's word and read it back to him as part of your prayers. This is God's word. It's inspired. Yeah. And I think there's a special, there's a special power. As I said, as I said in one of our previous podcasts this week, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Pierce through that darkness, pierce through that fog that Satan tries to put over you as you pray with scripture because it is a two-edged sword yeah. and it pierces through that fog. And because we are facing God's judgment, we are facing the wicked being turned into hell and our nation. 
Yeah, and I mean, there couldn't... Because we've forgotten God. Yeah, we, there couldn't be a better ending with everything going on in the world right now and people are talking about abortion and post-abortion, which, you know, it's all oh. murder. You know, let's look yes. at the baby, make sure it's all right, is what the Virginia governor says. And if we don't oh. like it, if it doesn't look right, let's just go ahead and kill it. But I love how verse 20 says, put them in fear, O Lord, yes. that the nations yes. may know themselves to be but men. That's not your call. Yes. I'm God. And, uh, yeah. and, and folks, if we get anything out of Psalm 9, if there's a practical side, if there's any practicality, if there's anything that comes out of this that can help us, if there's anything that comes out of this that we should see is we're men. We're yeah. under yeah. the angels. We're definitely under God. And, uh, yeah. and, and folks, somewhere along the but way, we're, we're not, losing but, but we are not, But we are not under Satan. That's right. And, and, and I think we have, as Christians, we have allowed ourselves to live in fear of our enemy for so long. And we need to reclaim the verse, greater is he that is in you yeah. than he that is in the world. Amen. And we, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, of being willing to come before God, as verse 19, David said, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. And then verse 20, put them in fear, O Lord, as you read, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. There are, there are people right now, Doug, I believe that we are watching that truly view themselves as God. Yeah, no, there is. Or some level of, and some. They, they really think yeah, there's some level of, God. level of God. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And they have his power level. And we, we it's like a political cult. It's it's really because what yes. is a cult? A, a cult it, it, it tries to replace God. Yeah. And uh, that's what's happening. We hear that with different political parties saying, no, it's a uh, it's this, it's that, it's murder. And yes. uh and, and and you know, people say, Well, you're a one issue guy. Of course I am. God's a one issue guy. And yep. uh, that issue's life, and yep. uh, and 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 you Amen. know, it's uh, that's just where we're at. And, oh, uh, I don't call that, and that's not a one issue. Life is our basis. Yeah. Really, I mean, let's get serious. I mean, <laughs> that's the whole basis. If you don't stand for life, then of course you're not going to stand for liberty. Of course you're not going to stand for human rights. Yeah. Because life is who God is. Life. God is light. And it is a huge, you know, and I, I praise God for a president and vice president who are unashamedly standing for life. And, you know, we have the right to go to God as his children with his verses and say, God, this is what you say about those who hate life. This is about this is what your word says about those who love violence or those who stand with your people. And yeah. God, this is your word. Would you would you keep your word, God? Would you hear our cries? Would you do these things and come before him humbly and boldly all at once? Because that is what our God has given us the keys to do. And let's stop letting the enemy's lies control us. Let's stop listening to Satan and his fiery darts. Hold up that shield of faith and wield that sword of the spirit. Because those, those are the tools God's given us. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Mm, man, that's good. Hey, folks, I listen, this is a, 
This is an important psalm, and I think the hermeneutics are right on with this. We, we, we got to remember, we're just men at best. At our very best, we're just men and ladies that God have put here on earth. Uh, and, and, you know, we're supposed to be bringing glory and honor to God with what we do. And uh, we never bring glory and honor to God when we murder his children. We never bring glory and honor to God when we mock his existence. We never bring glory and honor to God when we make believe he's not there. Uh, Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, I'm just being real with you here. We're not trying to be mean or or anything like that. We're just being biblical. We're just preaching the Bible or teaching the Bible or talking about the Bible. And we don't get teachy or preachy here. We just cover stuff. And but when it comes to life, when it comes to realizing that men are men, and I know we went a little longer today, and that's all right. And Stephanie's got a great song here to, to finish with. But I think that these psalms, I think there's life in these songs at night. I think there's yeah. life in these songs of darkness. And I know God illuminates it to all of us as we read it, as we meditate on it, as we study on it. The Holy Spirit of God is in our hearts. And Folks, if we can do anything, the practical side of this is meditate on God's word. God's word is real. God's word is evident. And uh, uh, we are uh, we are just men. We're under the angels. We're yeah. under God. And, and, uh, and, and folks, when they use that term under God in the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, it's real. We're under God. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, it's real. And, uh, and so anyway, we just want to hit. We love this psalm. Uh, I love that. Uh, uh, I love that God puts us in a place with this psalm where uh, He lets us realize what our role is and what our place yeah. is in life. And with that, so Stephanie wrote this poem uh, back in 2019, I believe in January. She was at Southland Christian Camp of 2019, just a couple months before her and Debbie and I got together. And uh, toward the end of the month, she went down there and they had a group for the missionaries who had come back from Cameroon because they were trying to kill missionaries, and they brought them all together. And one night, as I understand it, Stephanie, correct me if I'm wrong, you wrote this poem, which is now a song. Yeah, it was actually a morning. But yes, um, it was the Tuesday morning of that week, and that was still on the stages when, those were the days when every Tuesday I would wake up, body clock, my body clock knew when when Charles had been killed. And so um, I would wake up at that time every morning, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Tuesday mornings, that's what happened. And um, I remember that morning waking up. And every morning I would wake up and flashbacks would hit. And I would be left in a ball every yeah. Tuesday morning. And it was it was awful. And I remember that Tuesday morning waking up. And I was laying there in that little cabin and just weeping and crying out to God. And saying, God, I don't want to be at Southland. I want to be in Cameroon. God, what are you doing? And before I knew it, the words turned in. I mean, it was literally like God started speaking to me, point blank. And um, I, I didn't want to forget what he was telling me. And so I grabbed a paper and a pen and turned the flashlight on my phone. Because I didn't want to wake all the kids up. Because, you know, it was it was really early. And... Um, I just started writing, and and then later on, you and I, you know, we were talking one time, and I read you the poem, and you're like, that needs to be a song, and I'm like, ha ha, that's funny, and um, you're like, no, and so I remember you and I talked back on words, and one night, then later on, I was was just praying, and, and I was reading the poem, and was crying again, saying, God, 
this is what you said to me and I want to do this. And next thing I know, here come the words to the chorus. And so I wrote them down fast and I'll be honest, the chorus is like my response to God, what my heart's cry was to God in light of what he had said to me in the verses. But I think I'm just going to do the first verse and then I'll do the chorus. And then um, the song is obviously on our family CD of steadfast and trials and you can find the whole thing on YouTube or whatever. So, so anyways, here we go. My child, give me your each expectation. Wait on me, my plan is best. Come to me and give me your burdens. Trust my love and I'll give you rest. Lord, here I am. Take all my plans and conform them to your own. This life's not mine. I'm bought with a price. Take my heart and break up the stone. Knowing you is worth all the pain. Treasures laid up in heaven is gain. My life is thine. I'm safe in your hand. Surrendered before you I stand. I am your child. I rest in your love. Praise God. Rest in God's love. I love that song. I've loved it as a poem. I've loved it since Stephanie uh, wordsmithed it from a poem to a song. It's so beautiful. And just rest in God's love. Hey, dear friends, listen to this. Next week, so on Monday morning, we're going to come back and we're going to be talking to you about Samuel. And uh, we're going to catch you up and we're going to continue to move through Psalms. And we're excited about that. May Lord bless you. Hey, the number one most important thing to us is that you would know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So yes. take a minute to listen to this. And, uh, and, and, and if you're saved already, let those wonderful words of life resonate in your mind and share them with someone today. We Amen. sure do love you. Listen to every word. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believe it in our heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.